Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org notes. Hello, everybody. I'm Gloria Copeland, and welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory. Kelly Copeland Swisher's with us today, and she's got another good word for us. Hallelujah. This message, is it still the free indeed message? Free indeed. Free indeed. Don't you like it? Free in Ooh. truth. In Amen. actuality. Amen. Amen. Not just theory. <laughs> we got it. And that's true. Oh, it, it is. He's so good, Mom. I really encourage if you haven't joined us this week to go back to kcm.org and listen to the earlier messages because God has just led me on such a process. It's been such a great year for me. with, And I believe it's the first of all the rest of yes, my life, right? The best of the rest. Um, but He's so good. And He will come in at any level and any invitation that you give him. That's right. If you want to ask him into your heart and let your spirit be born again and that's all, he'll let you do that. But if you want your day-to-day life altered and changed for him, if you want things to start working, we've been talking about our soul this week and that's important. Our soul and the condition of our soul is critical. You know, the word says, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So for us to prosper and be in health, our soul needs to prosper. And our soul prospers by the renewing of the mind, the renewing of our soul by the word, by the Holy Spirit. And what I found, mom, is when I invited him in, I read um, Psalm 19 several times this week, so I won't read it today, but um, go read that. He's come and he's shown the light on in me and my soul where I needed some light and some things. I needed, I needed to correct some things. I needed, I had some things I didn't know were in there, you know, but as he showed them to me, he was so gentle, so wonderful. And so where we got to yesterday was talking about you know, we all want to come to Jesus. We love the scripture that says, come to you, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And we all want that, but we can't stop that scripture right there because the rest of it says, he says, learn of me. Yeah. Let me teach you. Take my yoke upon you. He says, um, and you know, that means when do he what says, I say, well, you know, it does. And what I'm learning is when he says, take my yoke upon you, he showed us what his yoke was. The thing, a yoke, you know, on the oxen is the, the gear on the oxen that has the reins attached to the driver. It's the steering wheel. It's, the, it's like the steering <laughs> wheel. Right. And so the yoke of Jesus, when he says that, He's saying, he's not saying, here, take this from me. He's saying, watch and learn how, learn what gears me, learn what steers me. That's what he's saying. When he says mine, it's like um, you saying, you know, watch my habits and learn how I do this. You know, I used to learn to cook from you and I learned to cook from your mother, Ma dear. And I could sit in the kitchen and I could learn of her and I could take her cooking yoke as my own just by watching her. She could say, now watch this. I remember she taught me to make gravy, 
you know, mm -hmm. I hadn't made gravy, gravy much, in a long, you know, much but she taught me to make the two things I do know how to do she that not everybody cook. knows is gravy and cornbread. And I learned it by watching her and she would say when she made her cornbread and she was purposely teaching me how to, I'm making y'all hungry now, aren't I? Uh, she's purposely teaching me how to make cornbread. She told me to watch how she was doing it. And so that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, take my yoke or take my way of doing this. Yeah. And then he, he, um, he says, uh, and learn of him. And I'm, he says, I'm meek and lowly of heart. That's what he was trying to describe as his I'm yoke. easy. Oh, he's humble. In other words, his humility before the Father is something that we need to see because he wasn't meeker, yeah. lowly to the devil. But when he went to the Father, he was very open. You know, Mom, I think sometimes people think that faith is just being bravado. Like if you're in a situation and somebody gives you an, a negative report, the doctor gives you a negative report, that faith would be you have to yell at the doctor. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that you have to yell at the doctor and tell him, I don't receive that. You know, that's, that does not make that faith. I mean, we've all been in that situation. And I remember I was so calm when they told me that Lindsay was not going to make it. Yeah. Well, you, <laughs> and, had, you had the word in you. I did, but that faith doesn't come out like with the fear behind it that has to yell at the doctor. But you just know better and then you say it. I just said. Maybe not necessarily yeah. there, but then I you told the doctor, I said, I understand what you're saying, but um, she'll live and not die. Amen. And I remember just telling him what I what I knew from the uh -huh. word and I wasn't criticizing. I mean, he wasn't hurting me. It wasn't his fault. Right. Don't have to get, what I'm saying is that does, it might sound like faith, but that's not faith. Going to God all bravado, like I got this and I, you know, when you really are like waking inside about what to do, Jesus didn't, when Jesus was in his soul was struggling with the thought of going to the cross and being separated from his father. He didn't just go in there like, yeah, we got this. And, you know, he was real before the father. He exposed his soul to the father. Why? Because the father's the one that he needs to get strength from. So he was humble before the father. And we read this yesterday in John 12. And I'll just read you just a little bit so so we kind of can come back to the same place. But he told the father, my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me from this hour? But then he has, but then he, he gets something from the father and he says, but this is the very reason I came. That's where we get that. That's where we get that sense of faith is how we go to the father. And he says, Father, bring glory to your name. See, he was settled and anchored in mm -hmm. his soul yeah. right there. But he went to the Father. My soul is troubled, he said. And then in the garden, he, he says, mm. um, if there's any way, he knew what was let this him. cup pass before him. But then he says, nevertheless, I've said it and thought it many times, you and I and the quality of our life lives in that word nevertheless, because he could have gone a different direction yep, if he right. had let his soul take him there. But he didn't. He stuck with the plan. He stuck with the yep. Father, Amen. what the Father wanted him to do. And he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. That's and right. he was victorious, not on the cross. 
I mean, he was victorious on the cross, but that's not where it began. It began all those times like John 5, 30, where he said, I don't consult my own will. Mm-hmm. It, be, it, it increased right here in John 12, where he said... It carried him through it that ca- and it incre- And he's strengthening his soul by being before the Father. When his disciples interrupt him, interrupted him in John 12, I believe he was before the Father because he didn't even address what they came in there for. He just went started talking about the value of giving of a seed falling into the ground. Where did he get that? He got it from his Father. He's before the Father. In fact, in John 12, where where we'll pick up today, he said in verse 36, he's telling his disciples, put your trust in the light while there's still time. Then you will become children of the light. Or in other words, you'll, you'll appear as children of the light if you put your trust in, in, in him, in the light. And then it says, after saying these things, this is verse 36. After saying these things, Jesus went away and was hidden from them. So he went, we see here Hmm. that he had been, I believe he was by himself before the Lord in these things. And he knew he still needed some time by himself, I believe. He hid himself. He hid himself again Mm -hmm. from all of them. So then um, it talks about, uh, it's talking about the people not believing. And then in verse, in verse 40, it says, they cannot turn to me and have me heal them. Why? Because they won't open up. They won't turn to him. He can't heal them. And where we will not give of ourselves to him, he can't help us. Whatever degree we give ourselves in our life to him by faith, by faith he can help us. That's and right. if we'll let him really in, to those places that we don't want anybody to see. We don't even want to look at them ourselves, Mom. You know what I'm talking about? That in Psalm 19, it talks about sin lurking in your heart, sin hiding, you know, hurts and things. Can, you can have hurts in there from stuff that was really big and hurtful or stuff that was just hurtful to a three-year-old, Yeah. you know? But it plants things, toxic thoughts, as, as Caroline Leaf has shown us, in our subconscious and our soul, which contains our subconscious and our mind, it drives us. It's the thing that drives us. It either drives us away from God and His plan, or it drives us towards God, depending on what shape it's in. Next week, we're going to talk about, is your chooser damaged? <laughs> That's good. I like that. <laughs> we, want some, we want to do what Deuteronomy 30 says and choose life. Yeah. But if your chooser is damaged it can be difficult to to choose those right things. So Jesus is showing us how to let him in the way he let the father in, in on his struggle. We see it. I mean, I don't think people would always believe that if they didn't see it right here in the Bible. Jesus was struggling with this. The Bible says he was tempted like we are, but we don't talk about it much. But he says, come and learn of me Take my yoke upon you. Well, he, he was saying? looking at separation from the Father. It's big. And it's uh, big. Nobody ever. I mean, nobody had ever been separated from the Father and gotten back. When you think about like it's Adam, true. when he was separated, mm-hmm. and uh, it would be a quite a process to think about. And nobody had ever done what Jesus did. And all the shame and all the sickness mm-hmm. and all the things sin. that we sin that we 
Uh, he, did, he did it for he us. He did it for us. He oh. wasn't guilty of anything. And if our soul is in shape and fit, then that is so real to us mm -hmm. that sickness has no place in That's our life. Right. It ha it can try, but it can't defeat. But we have to resist it. Because, but when we know these, when we let him clean us out, then we bear that fruit. In John 15, we're going to yeah. get to that probably we next pruned. week. We get pruned. <laughs> you know, we get pruned or purged. Mm -hmm. You know, so I want to be pruned, not purged. Yes, don't you? And I want to talk to you. I want to show you today. Let's go to John four. As I was studying some of these things, I looked at this story kind of in a new way. Um, it it really took on this whole another level to me, Mom. This story of the woman at the well. <clears throat> it said um, it, Jesus was by himself. Where? Are, what verse? It, um, John 4, and let's start with um, verse 4. He had, got, he had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Joseph's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. You know what? I wrote it here in my Bible today as I was studying this. He asked her for something because he wanted to give her something. Isn't that good? Mm -hmm. He asked her for something because he wanted to give her something. And so many times so when, when it says, coming. you know, in that verse where it says, take my yoke upon you and, and we come to him with our burdens and he'll say, give me that. That's right. And he and what he returns. Let me take that. Let for me you. take that. And what he returns to us is very light. Peace. Yeah. Because what it is is he wants us to give us his trouble, our troubles, and he gives uh, his ways of doing things and his way and his yoke and and being humble before him. Mm -hmm. He gives us back this victory that just has to be believed. That's all. That's, right. that's the, you know, the yoke of just believing and then you get your answer. That's not this hard. Is victory we don't have to do the, the hard part. We just have to believe. So I just throw that in to say he asked her for that because he wanted to give her something. That's good. Um, it says he was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. You know, as I was praying over this this morning, Mom, I, I, just, I, I really had... This morning, just this real peaceful, wonderful time with the Lord over. And this is where I hadn't even thought about this chapter in relation to what I'm telling you. But mm -hmm. he gave me this just for you today. And no matter what you're going through, and sometimes opening up your life can be, it can be embarrassing. There's a lot of people, you know, maybe in leadership even, that don't want to open up their life. Certainly not to the people, not even to their family or their spouse and don't really want to open it up to Jesus either. But I, he caught my attention here. It says he was alone, just him and her. And I, and I wrote here because he said to me, he'll never embarrass you. Oh, yeah. he, he does not want to embarrass you. So sometimes it's just shame or embarrassment that people have to kind of sort of come clean before God. You know, if you come clean before God, you are so free, you don't even mind coming clean before anybody else. But the idea of coming clean before yeah. somebody else, before you've come clean with Jesus, that's tough. 
So he will make you free, but he will never, he does not want to embarrass you. He will never shame you. I no. just, that's what he said to me this morning when I read that. It's like he was alone with her and he'll never shame you. Amen. He took your shame. It says the woman was surprised. The uh, one version says taken aback. Um, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. Sometimes, you know, when God and his goodness and his gracious, it can just sort of surprise you like that. When you love, don't you love it when the Lord surprises oh, you? My, so wherever so you are, whatever uh, condition your life is in, just get ready to be surprised. I guess Amen. that's maybe what you're seeing in me now is just that he has surprised me with with his goodness. Yes, and I I know that my that and he's always my whole life has been that way. But there's more levels. There's deeper levels of his surprising you with his goodness. It mm. never ends. Praise so, is um she's. She said to Jesus, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew, <laughs> if you only knew, Mama. I'm saying that to you today. If you only knew the gift that God has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. You know, let's just ask him for that right now and just say, Jesus, Jesus, I, I ask you for living water. I ask you for living water. And I believe, and I believe that you have a gift for me. That you have a gift for me. You know, I, I, I started, Hallelujah. Mom, about a year ago, I started writing things in my, I have a notebook that it says, be still and know that I'm God. And I can't send you one of these because I only have one. But um, <laughs> I, I bought this and I started writing in it just not like sermon notes and stuff. But I take it to church because I expect to hear something from him to me. Mm -hmm. I have it with me when I pray because I expect to hear something from him to me. Yeah. So I write things in here and I also have in my phone a section just in my notes and I just write stuff that he says to me so I don't lose it. Amen. Because his words have become so critical oh, to my life. soul. Their life. And he said something to me to ask him. Lord, fill me with living water from you. Make me a well for others to drink from your presence and grace and love. That's good. Isn't that good? Yes, it is. So I, I, I was reading, um, I wrote that because after I was just reading this one day. Um, where it are says, you, John? John 4. He says, if you asked me, I would give you living water. Yes. She said, but sir... You don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoy? I don't enjoyed? suggest that kind of a response to what Jesus oh, says. Oh, I don't either, but how many times have we have people read in the Bible that he would give us peace that passes all understanding yeah. and then they go, but... You don't know what's going on. Yeah. You don't know my life. He knows. No, me, what he he's knows. saying is, what what the real deal was, first of all, she was not in humility at this point. She had a lot of pride, didn't she? Looks How can like you it. do this? How can you do that? And really the point was she didn't know him. But that didn't put him off. He kept trying. He kept working with her. He keeps working with us. Praise God. He doesn't give up he on us. He does not give up on thing. us. <laughs> 
Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. Praise God. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life, gushing. The message says, Mom, gushing fountains of endless life. Gushing. Remember, wasn't it Leroy that used to talk about a gusher? Gushing fountains of endless life is what he's wanting to bring us. No matter what's going on in your life. She says, please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again and I won't have to come back here to get water. The message says, I won't have to come back to this well again. And there is that living water. You don't have to go back to the place that you're in today when you get this living water from Him. Amen. There is a a process that He's shown me that I want to lead you through this next tomorrow and the next week, but you won't have to come back to this place again when you get this living water on the inside of you. It lives, it bubbles, it's fresh, and it's Him in your soul. Praise God. Amen. Don't miss any of the broadcasts this week. Kelly's going to help us. She's going to teach us, reveal things to us that we need to know and act on. Kelly and I'll be right back, so don't go away. We hope you enjoyed this teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org slash notes.